0: Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark.
1: Hi, everyone. How are you? Welcome back to Nina's Got Good News. Thank you guys so much for showing up and supporting positive content in the audio space. Good news is so needed right now, right? And I am so grateful for all of you for being here. So thank you. And yes, I am now officially 50 years old. That's right. I just celebrated my big birthday. And I have to say that so far, 50 feels good. That's right. I said it. It feels good. I have been celebrating on repeat, probably a little too much, having lots of fun and good times with family and friends. It's been great. My heart is full. My cup is full. And I'm fully embracing all that is ahead for me this year and loving all the good advice that I've been getting about turning 50. So welcome to podcast number 102. Wow. That also sounds like a big number, not only turning 50, but also 102 podcasts. Wow. Today's episode is sponsored by Mary Roos Organics. Mary Roos Organics is the only brand of vitamins and supplements that we use in our house. I take them every single day. And so do my two kids, Charlie and Blaine. Mary Ruth herself is such an important and trusted resource for overall health and wellness, which is why I fully support and love this brand so much. Today's podcast is brought to you by Mary Ruth's Organics. And if you go to their website, maryruthorganics.com and use my promo code, good news, you will receive 15% off your order at checkout. So again, the website is MaryRuthOrganics.com and use the promo code Good News for 15% off. And we all love to save money right now, right? So go check them out. Today's episode is actually going to be focusing on our health. Speaking of Mary Ruth's organics, we're going to be focusing today on our health as we age. I hope you will all find this episode helpful. I know not all of us have turned 50 yet, but we are all aging in our own right. So today we are going to be talking about wellness and nutrition. I wanted to get to the bottom of why it is so hard to lose weight as we get older. Why does our metabolism slow down? And when it comes to shedding a little weight, why does our age factor into the equation? What is going on with our hormones? We are going to find out today, plus lots of tips and tricks on overall health and wellness for me at the age of 50 and for all of us at whatever age we currently are. We all want to live a healthier lifestyle, right? So let's get to it. Today, we are going to hear from one of my go-to resources on health and nutrition, my good friend, Pam Byrne. Pam's own wellness journey is a personal one. She's going to share her own story with us, and she's going to share how her own health struggles led her into her current career as an integrative nutrition and health coach. She is a busy mom of teenagers and runs her very own business called Byrne Health and Wellness here in Connecticut. She actually helps me all the time with all my annoying questions about healthy living. So now we're going to go on the record with all my questions with the hopes that her advice will help all of our listeners today. So here it is, podcast number 102. Here's my recent conversation with my friend Pam Byrne from Connecticut. And my friend Pam Byrne joins me now from Connecticut. Hi, Pam. How are you? It's so good to see you. Hi, Nina. I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. Have
0: you ever done a podcast before, by the way? I did a podcast years ago when podcasting
1: was like very, very new and it's been a while. So you got, you got to keep me in line here. Okay, good. Well, I'm excited to have you. This has been a long time coming. You, you and I have been talking about doing this for a while. And I just first want to thank you because you've helped me Since we became friends many, many moons ago, you've helped me so much. You're a great resource, not only for me, but also when I have questions about nutrition for my kids, which I think a lot of moms need help with. So I just want to say thank you for being such a good resource. Um, That's a bonus of being your friend is that I always get your amazing advice. So thank you for that. I really love that. Thank you. Um, well, tell us Pam about your personal story. You have a personal journey that led you to becoming a, a holistic nutritionist and a wellness and nutrition coach. So tell us your personal journey. How did this all come about? Cause I know this wasn't, this wasn't mm-hmm. always your career, but now it is now.
0: No, there were many careers and you know what? We could be on here for hours and I could go on for hours, but I will keep it short and simple. Um, I was always interested in in nutrition and health, and I was always relatively healthy, never had any issues at all, even with my pregnancies, labor and delivery, everything just went smooth sailing. And then um, when my daughter turned two, we had moved from Chicago to back to the East Coast and things were just not right. I was not feeling well and I couldn't really peg it. I was tired. I was just, my d- digestion was off. Everything just seemed off, but I was able to get through the day. So I didn't think much of it. I did start seeking out doctors through gynecologists, um, general, you know, my GP, um, other doctors to see if anything was wrong All my blood tests look fine. So nobody really dug deeper. And it wasn't until I saw a naturopath who did a test for celiac disease. And this was back in 2011 when celiac disease really, was not around or people didn't, you know, weren't aware of it or the ramifications. And so I was diagnosed with celiac disease and which was a huge shock. I found out on St. Patrick's day, I had, um, some Irish soda bread and a big beer for my last hurrah. And then I said goodbye to gluten, um, since then. And then about six months later, I was diagnosed with scleroderma, which is a mixed connective tissue autoimmune disease. And there are differing, uh, degrees of scleroderma, Mine has knock on wood been in remission, but it was over years of um, working with meds to control the disease. And what it does is it attacks your heart and your lungs, and it can also attack your skin. So you get sclerodacty. So, um, your skin almost turns into like a plastic per se. So getting that diagnosis was really difficult. Um, So, you know, after being on 20 meds, going, spending a week at the Mayo Clinic and spending a few years trying to get better and feel better, I just, nothing was working, nothing. And I was on oral chemotherapies. I was on it all. And I had a come to Jesus moment. And this wasn't anything overnight. This was over about a, you know, six to 12 month period of thinking there's got to be a better way that I can heal myself and I can actually live the life that I want. I've got two young kids. I'm young. I was in my thirties at the time. And it started with nutrition and it sounds so basic and cliche these days, but it really did. It fixed everything. Um, It fixed everything from mind, body, and spirit. So that's kind of where I started my journey.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And you know what? Sometimes your own personal experience leads you to something that you were passionate about for a long time. But I do remember when you would get those flare ups in your hands early on, and that's when we all knew that this journey was gonna be a complicated one for you um, just because it was exhibiting itself, even in your fingers.
0: You know what, you you saw it when I was bad. I mean, you were such a good friend and I was so grateful to be surrounded by so many supportive friends. Um, I would just be bedridden in the winters and my fingers would get so swollen and blistered that I couldn't tie my kids' shoelaces. I couldn't cook dinner. I mean, it was just, it was awful. Yet the doctors just kind of passed it off as you know something that
1: happens in cold weather. Um, So it was, it was a really tough time. Well, I'm so proud of you for getting through that and now channeling all that knowledge into helping others. And I think that's so amazing that you're doing that. Now you're helping so many people because you know, so much you're so well-educated and you've had your own journey with it. So now you understand how important nutrition and overall wellness can be. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, now that we're now that we're both over 40. And now that we're both (laughs) and now that that I'm now that I'm 50, and you're a little bit younger than me, but now that I'm 50, and you know, I just think something that we all have talked about ever since we both turned 40, and many of our friends is that. Why is it Pam, that it's so hard to lose like even a couple pounds after 40, after 45. And then now that I'm 50, why is it hard when you just, you know, when you want to lose a couple pounds and it's so much harder, why is that happening?
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, it is, you know, it's something I I learned a little bit in school when I went back to school for nutrition. And it's something I heard people talking about when I was in their thirties. And I remember thinking in the back of my mind, "Mm -mm, not me, it's not going to be me. And I don't know what happened overnight. It wasn't necessarily when I turned 40, but 41 to 45 has been a roller coaster. So I work with a lot of middle-aged women spanning from late thirties to about early, I would say seventies, late sixties. And we all have so many common complaints, you know, like what is going on with my body? It's almost similar to puberty or when you're newly pregnant for the first time, just this body that, you know, and that you trust is kind of maybe oh, disobeying you a little bit and things aren't really working like they used to. So, um, you know, the one blessing is that a we're not alone. Um another blessing is that midlife nutrition um is a thing now. You know, people are really talking about perimenopause, menopause, postmenopausal years and there are so many things we can do. It's okay to have that moment in your closet when you're putting your jeans on that fit maybe a year ago that don't fit now and scream and maybe just get super frustrated, but, you know, put those jeans on or put another pair of jeans on and get it, you know, you can get it together. There are so many tools and tricks that, that we
1: have that maybe we don't know about that, um, we can work with, with our hormones. So Pam, what habits should we be adding to our routines after 40? Obviously we have to be changing. Our bodies are changing everything. We're all Mm -hmm. evolving. We're a work in progress, but what habits should we be Um, adding into our routines after 40. And then also on that note, what habits should we be getting rid of after 40? That's such
0: a good question. And that's such a great way to streamline it. So the number one thing people may or may not want to hear this it's nutrition, you know, it's simply nutrition. And unfortunately, or fortunately, when, once we get to a certain age as females, and it, it varies for all of us where we are in our path in terms of our hormones, but once we really pass that age of 40, 45, we have to be very careful of what we're putting in our body. So there's a few rules that I work with my clients and also for me personally that I stick by. Um, one is prioritize protein. Protein is king. Protein is what's gonna help us keep our muscles long and lean and strong. Um, protein is what satiates us. It literally will get rid of those, you know, pesky sugar cravings that you're having at three o'clock in the afternoon. It provides us energy. I mean, it re- it just is such a pillar for for our body operating the way it should be. Another thing is is really being mindful of sugar. Um, I have clients say all the time, like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not a sugar addict. I'm not a sugar fiend. And then I'll go over their food log and I see sugar sneaking in, whether it's through ketchup, salad dressing, cereal, um, even if it's a healthy cereal, sugar is sneaking in. So you've really got to be aware of the sugar because what that does is it's going to dominate your insulin levels and your blood sugar balance. So In this stage, we want our blood sugar balance to be like a steady line like this. And protein is something that will allow our blood sugar to stay like this. When we're adding processed carbohydrates, we're not getting enough protein or fat, or we are having sugar in our diet, our insulin levels are going like this. So that means that we are experiencing high blood sugar spikes and then low blood sugar spikes. When the blood sugar comes back down, we get hangry and it's a different feeling than feeling truly hungry. I'm sure, you know, the feeling I'm talking about when you're like, I need something and I need it now. So that, um, is something that's another reason why glucose monitors CGMs are really popular right now. So people can monitor their blood sugar, but we want to stay away from not only processed carbs, but we want to stay away from a carb heavy diet. Um, and I, by no means am I saying that you've got to go strictly keto or anything like that. In my practice, I really do believe in moderation and I believe in bioindividuality in terms of finding what works for you. Now, if you take carbs away from me, I'm going to get really mad and it's not going to be pretty. So think of your carbs as fruit and vegetables vegetables and starchy and non-starchy have plenty of good nutritious carbs. It'll keep you full and satiated fruits. Um, you, you know, some people react well to grains, some don't, uh, potatoes, you know, whole grains, whole foods, but be mindful of those. I often recommend too have your carbs earlier in the day as opposed to later in the day. Um, and it, it can work well for digestion along those lines. So those are a few trips, uh, tips with nutrition.
1: Yeah, on that on that front, Pam, you and I have joked about about snacking because when I first got Invisalign, I <laughs> I yeah. stopped snacking, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, Pam, my jeans fit again. You know, yeah. I, I lost like a couple pounds when I first got Invisalign, and I was like, this is your new tip, Pam. Tell everyone to get Invisalign. So obviously there was something going on with me with snacking, right? Mm-hmm. So tell <laughs> us. You know, I know you don't love snacking, but if we're gonna have a snack after forty. What is something that is like Pam approved snack?
0: Well, I think a snack that is, would be healthy, would be something that incorporates protein, fat, and carbohydrates. So, you know, for me in the afternoon, I get a little bit of a sweet craving um, and I really want to like I'll, I I need something sweet. I'm not craving savory. So I'll do like a nut butter with fruit or something along those lines. Almonds are always good. Anything that's going to give you something that you can really hold on to. Um, I think they're like these, uh, bada bean bada booms. They're like a dry chickpea, something like that. You want to make sure that the fat and the protein are King. Mm -hmm. Um, that's something I would be aware of. I would also be aware of snacking. So much of what I deal with is you know, the mindset. So why are you snacking? Are you snacking because it's three o'clock? You're in the car. You don't feel like doing carpool and you're bored. Are you snacking because you're bored? Are you snacking because you're sad? You're glad you're happy. So what is the snacking? And I'm not saying that snacking should be vilified, but really be mindful, especially in those afternoon, you know, periods, if snacking is something that
1: works for you. Um, and it's is this something that you really need? I should say, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Cause half the time, if you just drink like a big glass of water, (laughs) you might be okay.
0: So yeah, speaking,
1: speaking of water, Pam, how much water should we all be having when it comes to our, you know, overall our nutrition, our day, you know, our setup for the day, how much water do you usually recommend?
0: So water can be something. And I, you know, me, Nina, this guy is always around. I know. I'm surprised you're not in the bathroom already. I know. I'm not soon, but this is another thing, and we'll talk about behaviors. This is something I carry around with me all the time. When we're dehydrated, we can get um, a feeling of hunger, so it's sometimes tricky to decipher if we're actually really hungry or we're really thirsty. So usually, the standard rule is half your body weight in ounces of water. Um, You also want to take into account too, if you've had caffeinated beverages, alcoholic beverages, if you've been sweating from a workout, if it's summertime out. So you've got to take into all those, you know, little factors. Water is so important. And if you can, to be able to get it from a source that, you know, you're assuring that it's clean, it's filtered, that's not always possible, but doing the best that you can with that is really helpful.
1: Yeah. And speaking of, of caffeinated beverages, what do you usually recommend? Like, are you okay with coffee? you know are you trying to moderate that or should i be like you know cutting back on that now that i'm 50 i mean what do you what are your thoughts on on coffee
0: well caffeine is something that does affect your blood sugar um everybody mm-hmm. again is bioindividual so for me, if you follow me on Instagram, I can't coffee caffeine. I love coffee, but caffeine does not work with me. And it's always been that way. And then when I got my 23 and me back years ago, it showed that I was a slow caffeine metabolizer. So if caffeine works for you, that's great. We obviously don't want to see somebody drink caffeine all morning, you know, not be hungry because it is an appetite suppressant and then crash and then reach for the carbohydrates for immediate energy. So If caffeine does work for you, that's great. I don't recommend it anytime past like noon, one or 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. in the post because it will disrupt your sleep. Um, I would also be aware, just like we are with food, be mindful of your your relationship with caffeine. Some people sometimes quote unquote abuse it to reduce their appetite, to have more energy and that's okay. But just be mindful of, you know, that you're drinking caffeine for the right reasons at
1: the right time of day um, and that you're not overdoing it. That's such good advice. What about intermittent fasting, Pam? Because I feel like more and more, especially of my friends that are over 40, more of us are doing this. More of us are thinking about doing it. More of us have already tried it. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. intermittent fasting? So that's such a good question. So, um,
0: intermittent fasting it has so many names now and it's, it's out there a lot. I'm sure people are very familiar with it where maybe seven to 10 years ago, it was not as well known. Um, I keep on seeing in the research that you know, for women, that it is something that we want to be careful of. If you're still in your cycling years, you want to be careful of when you are fasting based upon your cycle, what time of month. If you are postmenopausal, it doesn't matter as much. But so much of the research has been done on men in terms of the benefits of intermittent fasting. So um, I work with my uh, nutrition partner Amy Kaiser and our and my other company called Stay Healthy at Home, and we talk a lot about this in our groups in terms of. Having a fast and a fast could be anywhere from 12 hours on. It doesn't have to be like this 18 hour thing, but having a fast and making sure that you're not like reaching that brink where you are just starving, ravenous, and you eat all the things. Because what I've seen, and I've seen this with myself too, you know, you do a 16, 18 hour fast, you're like, wow, this is great, or maybe even a 14 someday. And then you are waiting for the clock to tick the clock ticks and you eat all the things, including the refrigerator. So it totally defeats the purpose. Um, personally for me, having celiac, I do really well giving my gut, um, a little bit of a break. So I don't go too long. I was going through a period where I was, you know, fasting every day of the week. And I noticed my cortisol levels were not great. My stress hormone, I felt like was kind of Climbing, um, so it again, it's, it's an individual thing. Just be mindful of it. I personally, from what I see with my um, clients and what we see in our Stay Healthy at Home group, my private practice as well, is that it doesn't work for everybody. So, like anything
1: in life, but also health, if it's not feeling right, I wouldn't push it. So, one of the other uh, other pillars we we're men- we want to mention, we want to bring up um, in this conversation about overall wellness, is exercise. So tell us about exercising after 40, because our workouts now, both you and me, our workouts now look a little different than they did when we were younger. So tell us about the changes that we should all be embracing after 40 when it comes to exercise you know,
0: so much of what our exercise is, is that we want it to give us joy because it's something that we're going to stick with and that we'll maintain. We want it to benefit, benefit us physically. So we get cardiovascular benefits, fat burning, et cetera. We also wanted to benefit our mind. So you've got to find something that fits just right. Now, you also want to be mindful if you are doing HIIT or some high intensity training Three, four, five days a week—that is going to bite you in the end. That's not going to necessarily benefit you, um, and maybe that never did benefit you, or maybe it did for a while in your twenties and thirties, you were able to keep up. But what that's doing—that I, I talked about earlier—is the cortisol level. It's raising our stress hormone. So we want to go for more of a gentle form of exercise. Now, when I say that, people are like eye roll. I don't necessarily mean sitting on a mat and deep breathing. And if that works for you, great. But what I'm talking about is more, um, strength training, strength training is everything. Strength training is going to make our muscles big and strong, which is going to increase our metabolism. So it's a win-win it's also going to help our bones age well. And that's so important after we reach, you know, go past the age of 35, 40. So it's going to give us bone strength. Um, it is also not something that is going to overly raise your stress hormones, so if you're doing it properly, taking the proper rest days, it'll really benefit you. Um, and again, that's not to say that you can't run a marathon or you can't go to spin class or you can't do HIT. Just balance it out with some other activities. I know for me personally, walking is everything for me. Um, I've been married to my husband for 17 years. And for 17 years, he's been joking that that's not exercise. He's wrong. Uh it is actually Sorry, Jeff, you're wrong, Jeff. You're Sorry, wrong. Sorry, Jeff, Gern, you're wrong. Uh so much of what benefits us too at any age is neat. So that's non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that is like the little stuff that we're doing, putting the dishes away, doing the laundry, walking the dog for 5 minutes. Those things really add up and there have been so many studies that show that that's almost more important sometimes than what we're doing on a daily basis. So for me personally, I love walking. I'll do a spin a little once in a while. I've kind of tamed down on that. And then I love strength training. That's kind of my newest thing.
1: Yeah, same here. I'm obsessed with it. I'm so I'm so excited to be lifting because I feel yes. like my muscles were getting weaker and weaker and it was kind of freaking me out. So yeah. yes, I feel so good about the strength training. And then my best friend in Chicago, Maggie keeps raving saying, you've got to get yoga. She turned 50 before me. She's like, you've got to implement yoga. So I'm going to work on that. That's my next thing to work into my week, like once a week at the yoga. So Pam, another thing that I'm really working on right now that since I turned 50, I'm really working on my sleep. My yeah. sleep hygiene has gotten so much better lately. Thank goodness. Cause there was, there were some bad nights there, like long streams of like, no, not, not good sleep. Yeah, And I just realized that sleep is just so important. I never used to think about it that much, mm-hmm. but now that I've gotten older and wiser, I realize how important sleep is. So tell us a little bit about sleep after 40 and why it becomes more and more important as we age. Uh, That's such a good question. I think this is something that people
0: don't focus on enough. Sleep is becoming a little trendier, you know, people are starting to pay a little bit more attention. But, you know, from my perspective, when I talk with clients, I cannot relay the importance of sleep, it's really easy to focus on nutrition and exercise, you know, and, and those two things, but sleep is the third missing part. So, When when you sleep, your entire endocrine system is being recharged. Without that, if we're not getting proper sleep continuously or consistently, things start to fall. You know how you feel the morning after not getting sleep. You're groggy, it's that jet lag feeling. You want all the carbs, you're craving sugar. It's just a very, you know, it's not, it's not a great feeling. So our body needs to stay refreshed. So you know, aim for at least at least six hours a night, if not seven to eight to nine. Um, it helps in balancing our hormones. It helps with our mood. It can also be a huge preventative measure towards cognitive, cognitive disabilities later on in life is our sleep now. Um, and really it's just, it is the forefront of our health. So not only are we not going to be motivated to go out and take that bike ride or lift those heavy weights. We're not going to be motivated to make that salad. We're going to be craving something that is, has immediate energy, which would be carbohydrates,
1: sugar, et cetera. So it really affects so many impacts of our life. I feel so much better when I get that good eight hour rest. I feel so much better. And you're right. Then I can, then I can eat healthy. I'm a better, I'm a better worker. I'm a better wife. I'm a better mother. I'm a better friend. So I totally agree. So let's talk a little bit about mindset. Why is mindset on your, it's, it's pillar number four on your list. Why is mindset so important when it comes to our overall wellness as we are in our midlife stage here? So, I would say mindset is the biggest thing I
0: focus on with my clients. You know, we can talk about diet, and I always like to see somebody's food log in terms of patterns and behaviors, et cetera. Um, And we could talk about exercise, but everything comes down to your mindset. So, what I see a lot of time are women self sabotaging because they're exhausted, because they're stressed, because they're frazzled, because they're taking care of everybody else but themselves. So, mindset is everything. So, I can start with the simplest things, just being mindful when you're eating. I recommend that you sit in a quiet, if that's possible environment, at least one or two meals out of your day, um, and no distractions. I mean, even turning the phone off, having no distractions and devoting that 15 to 20 minutes or 30 minutes to your meal, being mindful of what's on your plate, um, being mindful that you only eat when you sit down. That is a huge rule that I know that helps a lot of people. So you're not sitting in front of the fridge or the pantry, just grazing that everything you eat is a proper meal or a proper snack. And it's not just mindless stuff. Um, also we want to be aware of when we're feeling stressed, you know, are we reaching for the chocolate because we are so frazzled and it happens. None of us are saints and, you know, emotional eating happens, but what else can we do? Um, again, I see the kind of I roll when I mention this to clients. People are like, I know, call a friend, make a mug of tea. But figure out what's on your list, what's really gonna chill you out and prevent you from taking those chocolate chips. I've noticed for me, I'd say the past year, I love doing the wordle, the spelling bee, the, the little section, you know, the mini crossword. So I'll do wordle. I'll escape into a different room that's not my kitchen. And just doing like five, 10 minute 10 minutes of that, or even like scrolling Instagram mindlessly, it just takes me out of the place. I'm in, I'm able to assess my hunger. Am I really needing that? And if I am, then I go back for more, but really when we're reaching for those snacks, particularly the sugary ones or the ones that are not so good for us. What we're needing is a break. Mm -hmm. And that food is not necessarily going to give us the break, really figure out how you can do that. And I recommend giving yourselves a break two to three times a day. People think that's very luxurious,
1: but it only has to be five minutes. I know that's one of the, that's one of the best things about getting a dog, right? (laughs) If I need five minutes, I take Coco out for five minutes and it's like such a nice different, like a change of perspective. And then I come back and it's like, it's like that nice, that nice little like reset that I need. That's so good. So your last pillar that you talk about, um, which is so important, last but not least is be your own advocate. So tell us more about that because I know this can be hard for people.
0: So, you know, when I went back to school for nutrition, one of the things I learned about is a patient activation model, and this is really becoming your own advocate for seeking treatment. And if you're not getting the right treatment, going further and finding it. And I found this on my journey to be everything. As I mentioned, I spent a week at the Mayo Clinic. I saw doctors all up and down the Eastern seaboard, and I really got no answers. I also wasn't the, I, you know, I wasn't. Dying or I wasn't perishing anytime soon. You know, I what my case was not super urgent. So I was in between just a regular doctor's visit and a like high-end, for lack of better words, doctor visit. So I got overlooked a lot. And that's when I started taking matters into my own hands. I quote unquote fired doctors. Um, I sometimes had to go out of pocket for them, which wasn't always fun, but I really sourced out the best ones that worked for me. And I, you know, for a few doctors, I actually talked to them before I went in to meet with them, to make sure that it wasn't going to be a waste of time on both ends. Because if this was somebody that was just going to be prescribing heavy medication, then it wasn't going to work for me. I also noticed that a lot of my doctors that I worked with for so long, never asked me about my diet or how I was feeling. Was I depressed? Was I happy? And I now find that I surround myself with a team of doctors that are really taking Eastern medicine and Western medicine and kind of putting them together. Like, let's not just look at your blood test, but like what's going on, you know, how are you? So I currently am on a journey with hypothyroidism and it's been, it's been a doozy, but I'm not giving up hope because I finally found a doctor that's going to listen, you know, that's listening to me and it's taken forever, but there is hope. So remember just because things are not getting done, doesn't mean they can't, you've just got to push that much further.
1: Yeah. One foot in front of the other. That's so yeah. important. Yeah. And if you don't like the answers you're getting, you go to, you try a different doctor. It's like without yeah. anything, right? Sometimes you got to, you have to pivot and then pivot again. Yeah. So, um, that's such good advice, Pam, tell mm-hmm. us, give us our one, give us like a one big takeaway from how we can all, um, work on our nutrition after 40, what is your, what is your best piece of advice for all of us to take away from this podcast today? What can okay. we do right now? That's a great question. Cause there's no magic pill. And if there was, I'd be selling them right now and I'd be taking. <laughs> I mean, them myself. Yeah.
0: And Jeff so. Byrne would be retired. You'd be like, a, <laughs> Jeff you'd be a millionaire. Jeff Byrne would be retired. Um yeah, you'd so be a millionaire. he's not, he's not retired. So there's no magic pill. Um, so, the one thing that I ask every client to do for regardless of what they come to see me for is to do a three to five day food journal. So, whether somebody's coming to me for food sensitivities or allergies, emotional eating, perimenopause, et cetera. I want to see everything that you're eating. I want to see it because it is really the most honest thing we can do for ourselves in terms of what we're taking in. So a lot of people are like, you know, as I mentioned before, I don't eat a lot of sugar or I'm only eating, you know, 1200 calories a day. And once you write in everything that, you know, BLTs, the bites, the licks, the chews, all of those things, um, it can really add up and it can be really eye-opening like, oh, wow. I didn't know that I had a glass of wine every night for six nights in a row, or I didn't realize that like every night I was nibbling on my daughter's brownie. So it's also important you, I have my clients go the next step further and it's a little high maintenance, but if you really want to get the most out of this is record your mood. Record um, if you're having any adverse effects from the food. So, you know, if you're eating your Greek yogurt every day and then like an hour later you're kind of feeling sluggish and your stomach hurts, well, then we've got something going on there. And if every Friday at 2 p.m., you're going hog wild on the chocolate, what is that? Like, what's going on on Fridays at 2 p.m.? Let's work on that. So, that's what I would recommend for you to do. It's honest. Sometimes it's a little scary. But if you really, want to, you know, figure out what you can do to make yourself feel better in your forties. Yes. Part of it is hormonal changes. And part of it is our our bodies are changing a little bit. We're getting older, but so much is in your control and it's, it's sometimes hard to face the reality, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah. I love the idea of writing it down. I sometimes do my fitness pal too. still, I know you and I used to do that a million years ago together, but I do think writing it down sometimes like old school with the pen and paper is also really helpful. Totally. So either way, I think it's really either good. way
0: is great electronically written down just somewhere that it's being recorded. And if you're going to do this three to five day thing, record it
1: right after you eat it, because if you do it three yeah. hours later, like it could you be forget. like a solid salad. Yeah. 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 You forget. Now you mentioned the, the wine six nights in a row. I know everyone's burning question is like, Pam, if I am going to have a drink after I turn 40, right. If I am going to keep drinking, what is the best drink that I should be? You know, if I'm going to stick with, if I'm going to have alcohol, what should I have? So
0: the one thing I always like to tell people is that U S guidelines are, um, no more than one night of wine a week. So just something to be aware of, you know, in terms of having it every night, if you are gonna have something, and by the way, again, if you follow me on Instagram, I love me a dirty martini. I am not saying that you don't have to drink. I definitely though have gotten more mindful with my drinking. So Mm -hmm. I would opt for the clear liquors, the vodka, the tequila. We want the lowest amount of sugar as possible. So we're gonna steer clear of the Bartles and James. I don't even know if they make that anymore, Um, but you want to go for low sugar. Bland, boring is the best. So something clear, something boring, you lighten it up with a lemon or a lime, a club soda. I love the idea of a vodka soda or a tequila soda because you're getting your dehydration and your alcohol in one. So it's kind of like a two effect. Um right. and again, going back to the mindfulness, you know, when I talk with clients about alcohol. It's kind of like splurging on that birthday cake, really plan it when you want it. Do you really need Mm -hmm. it on a Tuesday night? It's, you just got home from carpooling. It's eight o'clock. You're going to bed in an hour. Do you really need it then? If you do, that's fine. But would you rather have the experience of really enjoying it, feeling great, ending the week with your friends, with a glass of wine and not having drank for a few days? So the alcohol is harder to metabolize the older we get. And you know, Mm -hmm. when you're metabolizing alcohol, it means you're not
1: metabolizing fat. So it does get in the way. And I hate that Debbie Downer. No, it's so good. No, it's real talk. It's real talk. It's all, it's so helpful just to talk it out and Again, be mindful of it. I think that's so important. So Pam, as we're in Q4 here with your, you have your two businesses, your yep. personal business, and then your business that you mentioned, your group coaching with Amy Kaiser, what's ahead for Q4 for you and for you and Amy, and also what's in store for 2023 for you?
0: Well, Q4 has been really good so far. Amy and I actually have launched, we came up with stay healthy at home. Um, she has a different degree in nutrition. So we complement each other really well. We came up with stay healthy at home program, um, an online program during the pandemic, and we are still operating and it's 14 to 28 day program, depending upon the month. And we teach people about mindfulness, um, health, nutrition, et cetera. We also provide accountability. So we're kind of reviewing what they're taking in every day. Um, and their meal plans. So that is what we work with. We have had such a huge request over the past two and a half years that we've been doing this for something on hormones, you know, to get more insight on what's going on. What can I do to tackle that extra five pound bloat that I have this year that I didn't have a few years ago. So we're launching our hormone toolkit in um november and we'll be doing that hopefully repeatedly through the rest of q4 and in january um you can visit us at StayHealthyAtHomeProgram.com, um and then for me i continue to see private clients and i love that you know i love The relationships that I have um, founded over the past few years, I've got a lot of regulars and there's always something to work on. And I know from my own experience, whether it's your relationship with food or the actual knowledge of what you should be eating, not be eating, it's always revolving. And, um, you know, Nina, Nina, you and I know when you feel great, everything else is great. When you don't feel
1: great, life's a little tougher. So we want everybody to feel great. Yeah, that's so true. Well, we're going to put all your Instagram handles, all your websites in the show notes so everyone can follow along. Pam has her own Instagram and then hers with um, Amy. So all of that will be in the show notes of this episode. And Pam, I just want to say thanks for helping me celebrate my 50th birthday and be healthier. We all want to be healthier as we age. I think that is so, so important. And I think that our our generation is doing a better job of that. And hopefully then we're teaching our, our, our young, our young children who will come up behind us. We're teaching them all these healthy habits too. So I feel like we're all just getting better together. So anyway, thanks Pam for being here and celebrating my birthday with me.
0: Thank you for having, you only get better with the age Nina and you don't look a
1: day over 21. Thanks babe. You're the best. Happy, You're happy best. birthday. Thanks for being here and sharing all your good news. You're awesome. Thanks again. Nice Love so you, Pam. You. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. And now we are also on Pandora. Please be sure to subscribe, also rate and review all her podcasts too, and be sure to share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. Her handle is Nina B. Clark. Don't forget, Clark has an E at the end of it. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thank you again for listening, and let's just keep being awesome. XOXL.